great future. We're talking real money. It's the Talking Real Money podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Don McDonald, your announcer, along with Tom Cock, your co-host. And, of course, I'm a co-host, too. We are here to do what you probably think we're going to do, and that is talk about money. And we've got some fascinating topics. We've got your questions that you've sent into us. We have a an action-packed edition of Talking Real Money, the podcast today, ladies and gentlemen, because you, ah, you don't want to miss it. We've got two important topics for you before we get to the questions. One, we haven't talked about it in a while. We've given all of you a long, long respite from this conversation. But ladies and gentlemen, it's so in the news again that it's time for another cryptocurrency update, date, 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 date. We have fancy effects here at Talking Real Money. <laughs> and I then... I hope you didn't spend much on those, by the way. <laughs> that comes out of your check, not mine. And then, then our friend and yours, your friend and ours, somebody's friend somewhere, Mr. Thomas Cock is going to uh, share a little bit about the latest mania. There are always manias, aren't there, Tommy? Ah, uh, there's, you know, there's something out there that wants to suck your money in, suck it out, <laughs> and give it to somebody else. Yes. What's the latest one. mania? Oh, come on. Share it's it with all, us. It's all over the news. It, I am got... asking the question to set it up for okay. you to you to pontificate. It has Dude. something to do with artificial intelligence. I'll just say that. I thought I think it has everything to do no, with yeah, artificial it, intelligence, entirely, doesn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. What Which is it? Basically, is one stock that's gone up, you know, almost 175% since the beginning of the year. If you just held that, you don't have to invest in all the rest of the crazy ones that are part of this mania as well. That's it? Okay. Well, that was pretty quick. Thank you, Tom, for that lovely report on buying NVIDIA. Yeah, because it's made all the money. That's it. Lights out. Only buy the stocks that go up. So. Um, yeah, this is somehow I thought there was more to this story than I that, know, but okay, is. no, this is a quick episode. But basically, at the end of the day, that is the entire story because all these exchange traded funds, there's now something like 10 that are AI focused. And guess what they own a big hunk of? NVIDIA. And guess what's done this year? Gone way up. Guess what that means? Your money's rushing into these things. It's fascinating. One was one the 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 fund chat C H A T. The Round Hill Generative AI and Technology ETF. It had a million dollars just a few weeks ago. Guess what? How much it has today? Thirty-five million, of course. Wow! And its biggest holding is Nvidia. Nvidia. Shocker there. Well, is there is there a lot left to buy other than that? I mean, I'm looking around trying to find AI companies and that are publicly traded. Well, they and include I'm not things, finding any. They include things like Microsoft. Okay, mm. come on. They're Google, just AI's just Alphabet. a tiny part of their yeah, business. I agree, not a big part, but um how about the Global X Robotics and Artificial Intelligence ETF? No, at least they include robotics. It's and it's grown rather substantially to 2 billion dollars, which is still tiny, tiny, tiny money, but 450 million dollars of new money this year. And guess what? Guess what their their manager says, a new generation of investors is out there. Millennials and Gen X are putting their money into markets, and they tend 
to resonate very well with some of these ideas compared to the broad segment of investors. They're smarter. Oh, they know gosh, what's I got to tell you a little something, you know, because remember, we were once young. We, we actually were. I know it's hard to believe, but we were. We were young. And by the way, I worked on Wall Street when I was young. And all these young people are doing is making the same kind of mistakes we made back then. And what happened over the years? Well, making those mistakes was a powerful lesson because of the huge sums of money that are often lost when playing these kinds of games with the market. So I wish you all the best of luck. I loved all these quotes too. And here's the uh, the iShares Robotics and Artificial Intelligence Multi-Sector ETF, IRBO, which is passively managed, tracks an index equally weighted to all the stocks in the index. Doesn't say, by the way, how many. Can't be that many. Okay, well, great. Hold on, hold on. I R B O. Okay, I am going to look it up. I'm going to yeah, pull while you're talking. I'm getting and, it. And I love I love these analysts who say, look for thematic purity, uh, the expense <laughs> ratios. By the way, which is not you're not getting that as you just pointed out. If you own Microsoft as part of AI, sure, part of their business, but not a big part. Expense ratios for these AI ETFs range from. 0.45 to 0.69, which is kind of on the uh, the high side in today's world to be charging for any exchange traded fund. So what do you? Uh, well, the IRBO, I mean, their, their expense ratio is 0.47, which in the grand scheme of those other funds sounds pretty good. Yeah. But the fact is, they it's an index. It's a passive fund. And let me read you their top 10 holdings. Please. And tell me how AI-focused the these companies are. Let's start with number one, with a bullet, NVIDIA. Wow, there's a surprise. And Fo hope they're all sitting around hoping they can put more in that every day, I'm sure. Followed by Meta. Which, okay, I guess. But Some. how much of the business is really AI? Oh, well, here's one that I can't think of any of the business really being AI. <laughs> but it sounds and, good. And that is Spotify. Aren't those the people that put like our podcast up on the internet or and something? And music, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, then I don't know who these guys are. They sound like they're a foreign company. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm reading it. It's M-E-I-T-U, and I'm thinking it's Me Too, right? Sure. <laughs> Me Too, Inc. Yeah. Count, I don't know them. Me in. Global Unichip. Okay. They must, must be, be making tiny. chips. Yeah. All chip. HubSpot. HubSpot? They're, aren't those the people that do marketing and stuff on the yeah. internet? Yeah. Okay. We use them. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, Kingsoft Cloud Holdings. So it's the cloud. Yeah. Microvision. They're video games. That. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. And advanced micro devices. They make chips for pretty much everybody. So there is... Really, as a matter of fact, even NVIDIA is far more than just an AI stock. I mean, they're the 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 uh, the cards they're using, the NVIDIA uh, video cards, were used for video gaming, and they found out that they're really powerful chips, and so they can use them for AI too. But it's just a reuse of an existing product that's been used for years for something else. So this thing, boy. It just stinks of gimmick to me. And for this reason, Don, some investment strategists and financial advisors suggest investors allocate no more than 10%. 10? That's too high. No, no. 10% of their thematic investment allocation to AI. Oh, <laughs> 
Oh, oh Not well, 10% then. 10% of all of it. Just 10% okay. of the part that is thematic. And how much I of can, your portfolio is thematic? I can go along with that advice. I think that both of us will agree that we think 10% of your allocation to thematic investments can go into that because how much do we suggest you put in thematic investments? Me, I'm checking. It's here yeah. somewhere. Oh, oh wait. Oh, oh wait. I, it's zero. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a very small mm-hmm. number. It's a very so ten yeah. percent of zero. Mm. Sure, go go right ahead. Knock yourselves out. Yeah, really. And these these. I mean, a couple things to think about. It, this is. I think this will be one of those things you wake up in a couple of years, it'll be, it'll go straight up and just go straight down. That's my take. Mm-hmm. Don't invest in things that are hot at the moment. Never chase things that are hot. Number two, these are very small exchange traded funds. The one that's gone from a million dollars to 35 million. Really? Come on. And these are speculative at best and r- really total loss possible at worst. Uh, we would not use these in our portfolios. We do not recommend them. I want to be clear on that because sometimes when we mention funds on the program, people do write me and say, hey, you mentioned XYZ fund. Should I go ahead and invest in it? And I say, no, we were saying not to invest in that. And that is clearly what the advice we're giving today. Do not use these. And now it's time for the crypto update on talking real money. How much do I get for doing the, all these I, effects? You know what? Because the, here's the thing you need to keep doing because there's not going to be that much left to do. I, the, <laughs> That's true. It'll all be AI. It's going to be straight. Well, to AI, yeah, there so. is a planet. You, I'm going to, I'm going to digress like we yeah, tend to do once in sure. a while, but there was a recent planet money episode that you were telling me about that was done a hundred percent by AI, including the voices. Scary, man. I was going to do that. I was going to do it for talking real money, but they said it took many, many. I was going to say they. I tried a little bit, and it's, it's a, it's a job. It's a bigger job than doing it with humans. And as you pointed out, (laughs) Planet Money has a lot of people working there. Well, you know, it's funny. This podcast has a staff of one and a half, and I'm uh, always hoping to be half of Planet Money has uh, like uh, eighteen, twenty people on their staff. And they said it took a long time to 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 tell the machine here's what we want to tell the machine here's how to interview people it took a long time and then they used a a voice company in seattle that -hmm. actually imitates the voices to put that together it was not oh yeah i'm not free either by the way i'm in the voiceover business and we hate hate these robotic voice Mm. companies because you know literally some of them are stealing our voices and your voice would be one that they should put on there. Yeah, well, All right, but what's the, what's the crypto update? All right, here's the update. crypto what do, update. What this is some great stuff. Okay. This is some great stuff. Well, first we start with the, uh, the sentence of a former partial owner of the football Minnesota Vikings. Reggie Fowler was just recently sentenced to over six years in prison for a $700 million cryptocurrency scam that involved banks and individuals, lost people tons and tons of money on stupid cryptocurrencies, which, by their very nature, are so easy to manipulate and use to rip you off. And that leads me to the meat of the update, which is the recent filing of a mega lawsuit against Binance. Which, which is, is like a big player, right? Yeah, Binance yeah. is a, is probably 
Well, I, if not the biggest, See, they're definitely that, one of the business. I read that, and I thought it was Beyonce, because I didn't read it very carefully. I thought, what does she do in the middle? I <laughs> just read that. I thought, what the he heck? He just anyway, doesn't pay a lot no, of attention. Lot it of just attention. all just swirls around his brain. <laughs> I feel bad to, to drag Beyonce into all this, but okay. And wait, and wait. Then today, this is the latest news. We had Binance yesterday. Yeah, who did Another they? one of the giants in the crypto trading industry. Coinbase was just recently, what's the date today? Oh, today, I, the, 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 the day we're recording this, which is not the day it plays, but uh, probably Wednesday, they have been also sued by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission for operating unlegal, illegally for failing to register as an exchange. This could put both of them out of business in the United States. One could only hope. And that would mean that cryptocurrency trading is going to get even harder. And if you're a person who is a cryptocurrency investor, I'm sorry, speculator. Oh, I'm sorry, gambler. If you're one of the crypto gamblers out there, you know, we don't market time very often, but when you don't have any place to trade your stuff, values tend to go down. And down. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Something you might want to think about. As a matter of fact, as we record this on the 6th, uh, let's see what Bitcoin, I'd the have, biggest. Bitcoin hasn't been hit that hard, actually, I think I read No, today. Bitcoin Bitcoin always so- seems to hang in there. Yeah, while everybody else um, is swirling. A lot of the others go down. For some mm. reason, Bitcoin, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 up today. There you go. But recently, I mean, yes, was it just yesterday? Yeah, no, it's just today. This is how crazy speculative this thing is, Tom. Today, earlier today, nine uh, nine o'clock in the morning on Tuesday the sixth, Bitcoin was trading for twenty five thousand dollars seven hundred and twenty one. Twenty five thousand seven hundred twenty one dollars. Okay, ready? Yeah. Fast forward to what time is it? Uh, Three p.m. Eastern. Yep. Twenty six thousand seven hundred and forty two. Wow. A change of a thousand dollars. So two thousand would be ten percent. So it sounds so like five percent. Five percent in yeah. one day. Oh yeah, I buy I buy crypto because it stabilizes my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's going up, that's I don't need yeah. stabilization, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Anyway, right. that's my update. You got anything that's else? That's good up. I do. I've got a couple of quick questions. This one from Richard in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Super bonds, he writes. This seems like, can I say it? BS. <laughs> I, I received a solicitation from the Oxford Club. Hello, Oxford Club. Oh, I think it's gosh, BS, it but does, I like it your does. opinion. It's about bonds and the enormous returns that can be achieved. Here's the quote. A predetermined return of 227% in four years. And this is the best part, without having to ride the roller coaster that is the stock market, sounds really, really nice. It sounds nice. By yeah, the way, it sounds yes. nice. Lovely. Now, they've changed the language over the years. This super bond portfolio used to use the word guaranteed. Oh. Now, now they're using the wiggle word, and I call these wiggle words. Wiggle words are words that don't mean what you think they mean. And they're saying predetermined, right? Exactly. That is open to. It's like, well, I predetermined that it would be that, but then we actually determined that it wasn't, <laughs> because predetermined can be a guess. 
But here's the deal. This was back in 17. I don't know what it is now because I don't have anything to do with the Oxford Club because I think it's... Um, it's I thought you ri- dine there on Saturday nights or something. It's, no? it's not even that kind of club. You don't ah. even get to hang out in a cool place. It's just a thing where like 140,000 people waste their money. Can I bring my to, smoking jacket? To be, no. Yeah, you get online and give them more money. The the suit in 2018, and I don't know what it is now, the uh, super bond service was on sale for from four thousand a year to two thousand a year, one hundred percent non refundable. And this is a trading strategy for bonds. You got it. So boss. this the, the 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 predetermined is we predetermined that if you trade like this, you're going to make two hundred twenty seven percent in four years. Yeah. Well, yeah. what they do, the strategy from what the stock gumshoe says, who I kind of like, um, is uh, the the strategy is just trading junk bonds. Which the junkiest easy, of the junk. Easy to make the junkiest of the junk because yeah, easy to make that fifty six a year or something. That's right. Cake. But That's let me problem. ask a question that yeah. just comes up every time we hear from someone who's being pitched one of these trading strategies. And I'll say this to the face of people with trading strategies, and I have. If your trading strategy was so good that you could make returns like this, why in the world? Because remember, every new trader reduces the potential right. profits sure. because they're they're diluting the pool of people playing those securities with the that are wildly out of uh, sync with their value. Why would you sell it to anyone for a measly two thousand dollars? When you could do it yourself and not tell anybody and make $2 billion a year personally. So the Oxford Club really is BS then? Bad stuff? I think it's, yes. Um, My personal humble opinion of the Oxford Club, uh, by whom I have been solicited for, I believe, back to the 90s when I was uh, doing the Don McDonald radio show. Um, I believe is a bunch of bunk and BS and um, is um, is right, probably right on the cusp of an SCAM. Plus a small cap analysis <laughs> meeting. Mega. They, yeah, plus no. the fact that the cigars aren't what they once were. Okay. There are no cigars. Oh, okay. Cynthia writes us from Leander, Texas. Deep in the heart, yeah, I, of which Texas. I don't know. I don't know, Leander. Okay, a recent. This is serious. This time, this is re, this is meaningful. I sure. Want a little, I want a little sober response to this. <sighs> okay. A, hold on. Rec, a hold recent on. article. I got to center myself. In medical <sighs> economics. Medical economics. Yeah. 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 Big one. Challenge the recommendation of diversifying internationally, noting that Morningstar states. This practice increases risk and erodes returns. U.S. stocks outperform international stocks every year, except for the 2007 to 2009 recession, over the past three decades. U.S. returns outpace those in foreign countries by 100% for the decade ending 2022. As economies have become intertwined, prices tend to rise and fall together. Even if one attempts to benefit from potentially alternating outperformance cycles, the U.S. market is so historically dominant in returns and so comparatively low in relative risk as to render consideration of diversifying globally a moot point. And because they're doctors, they can use those big words like moot. Do you agree with this opinion? Okay, what's the comparison? What's the international compared to? The United States. 
But is it the total market or is it the it Dow or is it the S&P 500? It that specific. Yeah, because, you know, the, the, the devil is always in those bloody details. Yeah. And um, uh, I've got some here if you'd like me to share them. Well, I would love for you to share your ah, details, Tom. What okay. details do you have? And This is not moot. This okay. is legit uh, to the point. This is from our friend Paul Merriman. This is right on the web. You can go to paulmerriman.com and look at it yourself. His ultimate buy and hold equity portfolio, which is half in the United States, half international. Okay. okay. All right. For the period of time, 1970 through the end of last year. So I'm not data mining. That's like 52 years, I think, or something like that. So yes, had you just bought and held that portfolio, remember half in the United States, half international, mm-hmm. annualized return. I hope I can sign up for this. Is this predetermined? Preordained? Preordained. <laughs> it's a preordained return. <laughs> I want to sign up for this. All stocks, 12.1%, 12.1% compared to yeah. The S&P 500, which is looked at as kind of the U.S. market. We don't think it is the entire, but it's close enough, as they would say. The S&P 500, same period of time, no, nothing fancy, didn't do anything. You made 10.4%. So I don't see how you make this argument, therefore. The U.S., yes, has been the better market for the last, I think, 12 or 13 years. Um, but 12.1 in the globally diversified, 10.4 in the S&P 500. All right. I just looked up a total U.S. market index from 70 through last month, and the annualized return was 10.49. There you go. So- 10.49. So, and it may very well be that in this case, somebody is data mining. Uh, it, it may very well be, uh, I just don't, I, I don't know to what they were comparing, but I checked through another source through, uh, these wonderful calculators that, uh, Mark Hebner has at index funds, fund yeah. advisors yep. and his IFA index portfolio, which is globally diversified yep, 12.14 for 53 years there you go. versus 10.4. For the same exact period. So, again, the numbers don't hold up. So, they were saying over 30 years? Yeah, they weren't going back 50. So, let's go to 1993. While you're doing that, that, just think this through intuitively. There are, and even if the numbers bear out the fact that the United States has been the better market every year since 2009, just think it through intuitively. It's still riskier to do that because you're putting all your eggs literally in one big basket, I grant you, but one basket. I would still rather spread it around because I don't know what countries, what economies will be stronger for the next 30 years. You don't know either, by the way. Right. So I'd really spread it personally. This this number is fascinating because, again, this is over 30 years, 30 years and five months because it's through May. So it's the yeah. numbers are as current as they can be. The total U.S. stock market, 9.7% per year on average. The total, I mean, the uh, total uh, world, 9.16. So what so was the U.S. again? 9.7. So they're within 60 basis points of each other. Yeah. And that's exactly what our intent is, because the other thing that's fascinating is when we look at that uh, that globally diversified portfolio, um, you tend to have, when you look at it and when you start to get it granular in it, 
you start to see why it's the way it is because we we've looked at these numbers we look at, we talk about them all the time from 2000 to the beginning of 2010 that 10 year period Bingo. the the S&P 500 in which most people invest or some similar something similar to that lost a little over 1% per year on average whereas a globally diversified portfolio made you feel better because it made about 7% per year. So they don't always move in lockstep. You will find periods in which the U.S. far outperforms, but you'll also find periods in which the international stocks outperform. And also the the global argument, this, this is actually against their argument because we truly are in a global economy. We use, we look at stuff you own. It's made in China. Look at the cars you drive. They're coming from Japan or they're, they're, they're parent companies are in Japan or they're in Germany or they're in England or they're in China. Are they in Canada? You know, there's just the, we're a global economy. You've got to own all these companies anyway, or you're, you're limiting yourself to a lot of great opportunities. And for me at the end of the day, would you rather invest in the thing that has done better for the last 14 or 15 years or the one that's underperformed in that period? Well, again, it depends on your art. It depends on your data because I'm finding that the outperforming is the world portfolio. So So whoever wrote this is either data mining or just flat out wrong. There you go. Again, we don't have the details. What was the name of the publication? Medical Economics. (laughs) I read that late at night when I can't get to sleep. That is a major publication, Medical Economics. It's the leading healthcare business media brand for physicians. I told you she was a doctor. Well, I know, but... Becoming one. Why would you read something that was just geared toward doctors and money? Do do doctors get special uh, investment advice? There's a podcast that's just... I know, White Coat Guy. I know, I know White Coat Guy. Here comes the White Coat. When you and I see the White Coats coming, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm locking the place down. I'm in my car. I'm out, so... Oh, come on. Your daddy was a White Coat Guy. (laughs) He was. That's why I said, I'm in my car driving out of here. All right, folks. We love the fact that you're out there listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You, thank you. Thank you. I so many, and thank you, Don, for setting me up. I did four calls Saturday morning. Had yeah. a ball. It was a lot of fun. Folks, was, that's not what he was, says when we're not on I the know, air. That's true. I don't. I curse him. Curse the darkness. But it was a lot of fun. So happy to do it again. Really enjoyed. Couple, couple of guys are just like, hey, confirm this, this, and this. Yep. I, and they got on with their lives. So it was really, really, really great. So you can, I guess, sign up for that at Talking Real Money, should you wish. Yes, you can. Just go to meet an advisor. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being there. We love the heck out of you. We really do. Thank you for making us consistently one of the top 100 investing podcasts in the country. And uh, actually, considering our competition, we should be in the, the top 20 because there's so many god-awful shows out there but uh keep listening keep telling friends take good care of yourself and join us almost every day as tom and don that's us are talking real money we hope you realize that the information provided on talking real money is for informational educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment tax or legal advisor we know a good one investing must always involve risk in other words you can and probably will lose money at times also as much as you want it no one can accurately and consistently predict the future so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring unlike many other programs that say something similar talking real money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities instead the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures.